Hello and welcome to Safer Stronger Kids, the podcast. I'm Caroline Allen. My goal in my business and through this podcast is to help you raise kind, resilient young people and is to walk alongside you on your journey towards safer, stronger parenting. Thanks so much for joining me. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 8 of season 2 of Safer Stronger Kids, the podcast. I'm Caroline Ellen. I want you to know something, and if ever you come into a parent coaching session with me, whether it's in my group container called The Village or a private one, I am going to make it really clear at all times that you are the expert in your child. You know them. You know them inside out. You know what makes them tick. You know what makes them stressed. You know what their triggers are and you know what their glimmers are. I don't want you for a moment to underestimate or dismiss how well you know your child and the fact that you know them better than anyone. You are the expert in your child and your family. But, (laughs) did you sense that but going? I also want you to know that you're not the only expert. There's someone else who knows an awful lot about your child. There's someone else who knows what makes them tick and what makes them stressed. There's someone else who knows what's really going on and stirring around in their body who knows what their struggles are and what their problems are, who hopefully also knows what their strengths are. It's your child. Your child is even more of an expert in themselves than what you are. Now that sounds like a really basic thing to say, doesn't it? Like it sounds like I'm really just pointing out the obvious. But... Actually, no. When we're sitting here in our thinking brains, using our thinking brains, calm, regulated, learning, talking, yeah, just of course, of course, right? But how many times in our everyday life journey of parenting do we forget that our kids are an expert in themselves? How often do we act as if we're the only expert and that we know best? And how does this play out? When you were a kid, how did it play out for you? Did you have a parent or a carer who acted like they knew more about you than you did? Did they tell you what to do with your life or your future or what was best for you, what to wear, what not to wear, who to go out with, who not to go out with, who to hang out with and who not to hang out with? Did they offer you loving guidance and support or was it kind of controlling because they knew best and you had to listen? How does it play out for you now? Are you guilty of thinking that you know more about your kids than they do? You know them well, but do you know more about them than they do? There are many times where if we can stop, just even just take pause just for a moment 
and really hold front and centre how well our kids know themselves and their own bodies, their own desires, their own fears. We can pause and be willing to listen to what they have to say. Our parenting journey will unfold in a really different way. It will be smoother. It'll be more collaborative. It'll be more connected. It'll be more peaceful. Ultimately, the outcomes are that our kids are going to grow up safer, stronger, more resilient. They're going to have a greater sense of trust and faith in themselves. They're going to have a stronger relationship with themselves as well as a stronger relationship with us. So what are some of those moments? What are some of the moments where our kids really do know themselves more than we give them credit for. Really obvious one (laughs) is the weather. (laughs) How often do we get into battles bothered by the fact that our kids are wearing a T-shirt when we feel cold and we feel cold just looking at them so we decide that they must be cold and we're not willing to hear the fact that they're not and that they're fine. You might live in an area where it snows and actually if they go out without a coat on, you know, the consequences might be quite serious. In that case, yeah, a bit more guidance about wearing a coat might be a good idea. I live in Melbourne. The climate here, it's pretty temperate. doesn't really get that cold. (laughs) It's still amazing how much emphasis we can find ourselves putting on this particular topic. What would happen if you just let go of this and you didn't have this battle? What would just happen if you said, yeah, I reckon it's a long sleeve day or a short sleeve day. Your choice what you wear. Oh, you don't want to wear a jumper? You know what? I'm going to put one in the car just in case you get cold. You don't want to put your coat on? No worries. I've got one here if you do need it. That sounds really simple, doesn't it? But what does it say to our kids? The underlying message that it gives to our kids is we're not really trying to control them. We're here for them if they need it. We're offering some word of advice. We're not going to harp on it. And it allows them just to listen to themselves and decide what they want. And then if they do get cold or the opposite, they're just too hot, that's fine. We've got the items of clothes there if they need it. It doesn't have to be a big deal. The clothes our kids decide to put on doesn't have to become a battlefield. But clothes aren't the only area where we decide to be the expert in our children. Another area where our kids often know more than what we do is when they're small. You know those moments where Perhaps you have a more introverted child. They hide behind your legs when you go into parties. They're not sure yet if they're willing to speak to the stranger you've just encountered or be handed over to a family member. We can take those moments really personally. We worry that they're too introverted, that they're too shy and that it's a problem that needs fixing. Or is it possible that our kids just know inside themselves, that they don't quite feel ready yet. 
and they need a little bit more time with you, with their safest, most trusted person, just to warm up a little bit. And when they're watching that other person or they're watching what's going on in the party, and when they start to feel safe, when they start to build a rapport with someone there, when it's obvious to them that there's another adult or another person who they can feel safe with, it's that moment that they'll start to warm up, that they'll start to reach out and they'll be willing to let go of you and make a move toward the party, to joining the group. But only if we let them take their time, only if we don't pressure them, we don't force it, we don't make it more than it is and instead we just sit back, be willing to trust, be willing to wait. It's fascinating to me over and over and over again how when you give kids this just a bit of time, they'll choose their own moment. They'll decide for themselves when they're ready to let go of their most trusted caregiver and take a step out and away. Let them be the expert in themselves. You won't have to force it. Another area where we often decide to become the experts in our kids and know more about them than they do is when there's a challenge, a problem that's going on and we decide we're the only ones who've identified that there's a challenge and we're the only ones who can figure out what to do about it. So we might spend ages and ages, hours and hours, even night times lying awake, figuring out what to do next. What should I do? But we forget really critical step. The step we forget is the fact that actually our kid knows this too. Our kids know when they're struggling. They know when they're having a problem. They want the opportunity to talk about it. They don't want to sit in the problem by themselves either. Often they'll find it harder than we do to actually articulate what the problem is just feels too big, too heavy. Where do they start? But when we get the ball rolling on that conversation, we say, hey, I wonder. Hey, I've noticed that this is really hard. I've noticed this particular challenge. What do you think? I've noticed sometimes you get really, really tired after school. And I think you might also be really hungry. And we get home and You know, we kind of have more fights and it just takes us a while to transition back into being at home. It gets pretty rough in there, kind of. There's a patch in the day that's a bit rough, isn't there? Have you noticed that? The next critical step sounds like, what do you think we should do? When we can step away from thinking that we're the expert, (laughs) what happens is we don't have to take on all the responsibility for solving all of the problems. What we can do instead is talk with our kids and listen to their ideas, which will be remarkably valuable. Yes, they'll say, after school is really hard. I get so mad and so upset and then I get in trouble. And then when you say, what do you think we can do? Maybe I need to eat before we get home. Can we go to the park and just run around for a bit? I'm just sick of sitting still and I don't want to sit still in the car. You'll be amazed at what ideas they come up with. Now, it's also true 
that sometimes they won't be able to put words to it straight away. They are the expert in themselves and they do know themselves better than you, but sometimes it just takes longer for them to find the words and figure out how to describe it. So give them time. Invite them to come back to the conversation, to have a think about it, and then help you decide or work out what it is that might help them. Because they are the expert in themselves even more than you are and they will have ideas to contribute. Another area where we often decide to become the expert (laughs) in our kids is in relation to picking things like their subjects as they get older, their subjects at school, or deciding what university course we think they should enrol in, or deciding what sports might benefit them. (laughs) We decide what we think would be good and we don't offer it as a suggestion we can make it non-negotiable. When we cross the line and we become too controlling about the activities our kids participate in or the subjects they choose, which could ultimately affect what university courses they can enrol in and then what unfolds for them as they're transitioning into their adulthood, can leave a really lasting impact on our kids. If they are the wrong choices that weren't right for them in the first place, can leave them feeling angry and resentful, years lost before they're able to actually do the things of their choosing and find their way back to being who and becoming who they wanted to become. It can also leave our kids feeling unheard and unseen, like their subjects and their university course are more important to us than they are that's not going to have a positive impact on our relationship. We can offer influence. We can offer guidance. But when we're having these conversations with our kids, we need to make sure that we are staying in the zone of influence and guidance and ultimately we are respecting the fact that they are the main character in their life and it's their story unfolding, not ours. It's their journey, not ours. And the more we can respect that, the more they'll be willing to come back to us for more support and guidance in the future. Ultimately, the stronger our relationship with them will be. Ultimately, the stronger their future will be. The truth is that this list could go on and on. There are more areas in which we so often decide that we are the expert in our kids and that we know them better than they do and that they just need to listen to us because we have it all worked out. When we do that, it's a grave disservice to our kids. And there are two main outcomes that flow on from kids experiencing this over the course of their lifetime. In some cases, kids will decide that we're just irrelevant to them, that we don't really understand them, we don't see them for who they are, we don't get them. If we're not willing to see them and we show that by being the expert and controlling what they do, what they wear, what they eat, all of those things, they may well just decide that we just need to be sidelined and they will stop coming to us, they'll stop sharing with us and they will put us in the situation where not only do we not have any control, but we also no longer have any influence. 
when we're in that zone of being irrelevant, that's a really tough place to be. The other path that this can take when a child experiences this across their lifespan is that they might also lose a lot of confidence in themselves. If we constantly decide that we know them better than they do, they might start to believe that we know them better than they do and that they're not capable of making good choices. They don't make good decisions and they need to look to others to work out how they're feeling and what to do. And are they okay or do they need to be doing something differently? They'll live a life where they're constantly seeking that kind of external guidance and validation, looking over their shoulder for being pointed in the next direction, never able to choose the next step on their own and never really trusting themselves. Hmm, Does that sound positive for their future? Or does that sound like we've set them up for a significant struggle that they're going to have to overcome and unpack throughout their life? That's pretty heavy, isn't it? It's hard to sit with when we start to see how the everyday choices that we make, like controlling what our kids are wearing, the subjects that they're doing or the things they do each day, how they interact with each other. It's hard when we realise how, when we choose to behave in certain ways when they're younger, how that flows into having an effect as they get older. It's a big responsibility to sit with and it's scary because we all want to do our best and none of us are intending to cause our children harm. You are doing your best, I've no doubt about that. You've probably never really thought about this stuff in so much detail. So all I want to invite you to do is to start noticing and start thinking about it. Start noticing when you decide that you know more about your kids than they do. Start noticing when you forget that they know themselves really well. Start noticing when you forget that they've got something to say and that they've got a perspective that's really valuable that you need to be willing to hear. Start noticing when you want to control what they're doing or who they're seeing and why. Why are you doing that? And how might you be able to take an approach that's a little bit different? How can you take an approach that makes them know, yeah, I see you. I see how well you know yourself and I trust you. I trust you to make a good decision for yourself and have a think about how doing that, when you put them in the driver's seat of their life in that way, how might that change their future? Thank you so much for joining me. I can't wait to talk to you again next time. Thanks so much for joining me for Safer Stronger Kids, the podcast. If you'd like to find out more about what I do, visit my website, saferstrongerkids.com. Follow me on Facebook, Caroline Allen, Safer Stronger Kids. And follow me on Instagram, at Safer Stronger. Can't wait to talk to you again soon.